Hey guys, welcome to our wonderful podcast, Confessions of a Pastor's Kid, a.k.a. PK. Now, we created this podcast so pastor's kids everywhere can share their story and debunk some of the common misconceptions about what it means to be a PK, all the while telling their very real stories in hopes that a PK somewhere will realize that they are not the only ones dealing with their struggles. This is going to be a very interesting journey, and we hope that you can stay with us the whole way there. Let's get going. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Confessions of a Preacher's Kid. This is episode 11, and I want to thank everybody who has been listening thus far. Um, Right now, I'm going to hand it over to my brother Samuel, and he's going to take it away. All right, all right. Thank you, Dorcas. Hey, everybody, this is uh, Confessions of a PK. My name is Sam, like Dorcas said. Thank you so much for joining us. I am super stoked. Yes, I said stoked. I know it's a yeah. white people it's word. Um, it's a California <laughs> word. It's a California <laughs> word. <laughs> but I am super stoked um, to be here today with someone uh, I consider really uh, one of my many little sisters um we get to talk to today we get to talk to miss jonathan lenyamiche but we all call her nana because uh, she's applause, amazing applause, applause. all right so um before we do just uh, bow our heads and do a quick word of prayer to thank god father god we thank you so much for today um lord we're grateful for for your grace and mercy. We're grateful for life you've given us. We're grateful for the life of Nana and we're grateful for the life of everyone on this podcast, Lord. Um, Lord, as we commence this conversation, may your Holy Spirit come and take absolute control, God. Come and be part of this conversation. Come and take control of our voice, be our eyes, be our ears, so we can talk to the world. Um, We can share your love to the world, Lord. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So like you said, we have Jonathan with us today. A little bit background about um, Nana. Um, So Nana is the last born, the youngest (laughs) daughter of our senior uber duper awesome pastor uh the, the 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 founder i always say the founder is jesus christ but yeah. um the the the, the man who pioneer ab- would you who say availed that? himself for god to work through to start the house of faith ministry which is a worldwide conglomerate really uh house of faith is a worldwide worldwide uh church and and so we get to talk to his youngest daughter here nana how are you nana i'm good i'm good how are y'all doing we're doing fantastic thank you for being here today so we're gonna start off really easy really simple tell the world about who you are um and um tell us a little bit about your testimony and growing up as a pastor's kid yeah, so I am Nana, as y'all mentioned before, um, and I 
currently, I guess, a little bit about myself. So I, I reside in Dallas, Texas. Um, and yeah, to, to the warm weather. The Lone Star State. <laughs> the Lone Star. There you go. That's right. And um, I've been there roughly about, gosh, going on about six years now. Um, and I am a financial advisor by profession um, and have been doing that really for about six years now as well. So um Growing up as a pastor's kid, um, I feel like I have like two, two sides. So, you know, the first side was growing up in Ghana, right? Which I would say, I don't remember a whole lot about that. I feel like I was super young. And so what I do remember is just faint memories here and there, but I do obviously know um, just just the expectation, right? Where everybody knows who you are. Like you can't walk anywhere without somebody recognizing you. And, you know, you have to always mm. yeah. <laughs> make sure that you're on your P's and Q's, you know, at all times. Um, and then the other portion of it was growing up in the U S and um, I was here. I grew up in Ohio. And so from about the age of 10 to 18, I was in Columbus, Ohio. And that was a completely different experience too, because my parents weren't necessarily here, but I was in the midst of like our church that's in Ohio. And so I, I, I didn't necessarily escape from that. Like people still know who you are. <laughs> like There's still the expectation, like, you know, but I think testimony, what would I say? I think that in hindsight, looking back, um, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for that foundation and for growing up as a pastor's kid. Cause I don't know personally, right. Who I am today. Like, I think if I didn't have that, I don't know where I would be and I don't know, you know, just what life would look like. And so, um, in hindsight, I think that was amazing, but growing up, I was very irritated by it. Right. Because I couldn't just be a normal child. Like <laughs> everybody expects you to be, you know, perfect. And, yes. and I get it. I think, you know, like, if, if your dad is pastoring a flock, right, at the end of the day, they expect the children to, to have firsthand, like, knowledge and experience mm -hmm. to what it's like to be a great Christian or whatever yeah. you want to call it, right? So there's this expectation that, like, you're not a, a child, like, and every other regular child that's out yeah. there. Right. But yeah. it's, it's such, you know, it's, it's not true whatsoever. So I think like just the pressure of all of that, a lot of times can be a lot to handle as a pastor's uh. kid. And I, I definitely remember multiple times where I probably like lashed out and like, oh, y'all don't even want to know, like just Ooh, a lot. I mean, know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, girl like you know like you're growing up and like you want to experience things like especially in high school like teenage years oh my goodness mm -hmm. the worst right like yeah. you want to like do things like your 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 friends are going to parties like you wouldn't even like think about asking like hey can I go across your mind <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't even like where <laughs> where so what party I mean, okay <laughs> yeah where, where what party can you go to like I just you know and and I I think like today when I look at it and the freedom that I have today, right? I just it's it's interesting because when you're a kid you feel like you're so cooped up, right? In this like little bubble or whatever mm -hmm. and there's just not a lot of room, but like it's 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 a growing experience and you know it it passes with time. 
in my yeah. opinion. So, so yeah. Wh- thank you for sharing. There's one thing I wanted to ask you. So, like you said, you're the yeah. youngest. You're the youngest daughter. So, you've had. Um, not, not, and, and it's not just your dad who was the pastor. Your mom was a pastor, and your mom is actually one of the world-known music musicians in Ghana, and, <laughs> and even even around the world among mm-hmm. Ghanaian community. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, mm-hmm. Reverend Esther is known everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So you had you had those two powerful parents, and then you had amazing siblings. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You had your, your older brother, Kobe Stone. I love yeah. Kobe mm-hmm. um, and Anana, you know, and then and then your sister, uh, Manuela, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you. Right. So, you, yeah. you you've kind of grown up with these huge shadows. Yeah. Right. These yeah. huge shoes. Did you ever yeah. felt um, did you ever felt that you felt any pressure to kind of fall in line and and, and I'm, I'm sure at some point maybe we, we hope to talk to Manuel too at some point mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um and we will ask you the same question but did you ever feel like wow I have not one pastor not two mm-hmm. pastors not three but four people actually five mm-hmm. people in front of me yeah mm-hmm. that were amazing and yeah do you ever felt like you had to measure up to that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, short answer is yes. <laughs> so, yes. So I, oh my goodness. I, and you know, the, the measuring up is not even something that, the family places on like I don't Mm -hmm. think I ever felt Mm -hmm. that you know in the home or like even that my parents put that pressure or like you know my siblings it was more so an outside pressure which is crazy right to think Mm -hmm. about because it's like the people that really matter right is it's really the one you know that Mm -hmm. you're wrong with in a sense so yeah I feel like um, so I'm, I'm 10 years younger than my sister. Right. So there's that, the gap to gap. begin with, right. Yeah. It's a huge gap. And so I think when I was growing up, like there are a lot of things that as a child, I'm trying to like experience and know that like they've already, you know, experienced, experienced and gone past that. And, you know, their, their lives and their upbringing was a little different from what mine was. So I think that when I moved to the States and then now being in the um, environment of like, you know, the church and whatnot, I think people's expectations of me having looked at my parents and looking at my siblings was like, well, you need to be, you know, this way. And I remember like um, there, I remember this clearly because it's it's stuck with me for a long time. Um, There was someone that made a comment this one time about that, like, you know, like you're like, I've met your siblings, like, you know, I met your parents, I met all, all of them, but like, you're very different. And like, y'all, that, like, when I that say hurt. like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, <laughs> what, what is that supposed to mean? But anyway, like, just little things like that, where now that I'm older, I, I realize how much of an impact, you know, certain things like that had on me. And so like, yes, definitely, um, 
I think my biggest thing was I never wanted to be a pastor and still to this day, like it's not something that I, I want to do. Right. I never wanted to um, be hit with any of that. Like, you know, miss me. Yeah. With the calling, miss me with all it's that. Like, nope. like I just like, trying to dodge it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Like God didn't call me for that. And it's all right. I'm very okay <laughs> with that. But then like, there's an expectation that you should, you know, because like it, it's your parents and, and so forth. But, um, I and I we can probably talk about this later but like I I've walked through certain different seasons in my life and when I grew up in Ohio that was one season and then I went to college and that was probably one of the the um just shaping and molding seasons of my life and I remember um just a a really, really important spiritual figure in my life who um, just mentioned and said that, you know, you have a path that does not necessarily have to look like your family's path and what, you know, you're coming from. That's great because it's a foundation and you're born out of it and it's, it's propelling you forward, but it doesn't have to be your path. You have, God has called you to your own specific path and like, don't let anybody else tell you otherwise or try Mm -hmm. to, you know, conform you to walk a certain way. Like you have your own, you know? And so that was, that was huge. And I've had like multiple conversations with my dad in the past where like he knows the kind of person that I am like I'm just very like free-spirited and just adventurous and whatnot right and like having a father that supports that and doesn't like you know try to conform that but allows you know to you to be who you are and to to you know to walk in that and walk in that purpose I think is is huge that's awesome yeah so <laughs> it's really funny, you, you you know, you said that you never felt that pressure from the measuring that didn't come from the mm, family. family. So here, yeah. here's something that I found interesting. I think almost all the PKs we've spoken with, us included, yeah, yeah. said the same thing, that it, yeah. the pressure didn't come from within. It didn't come from family members, right? Yeah. But it came from people outside the family it can be church members it could be people who are not even in a church do you ever and maybe you don't know the answer to this question but why do you think people expected that from you or or even pks in general why is it that our own families don't expect us to be perfect (laughs) or follow Mm -hmm. the family business but other people Mm -hmm. expect that I wanted to ask yeah. her that question too. I'm so glad we're in sync right now. <laughs> Why do people expect that? I, I think people create their own pedestals, right? And so mm-hmm. if if you, you know, if you have that, if you're looking at, and I think that's the problem is that, that I'm, I'm just going to, all right, say this, I think that we need to stop, you know, putting pastors or um, spiritual, you know, figures or whatever on this pedestal as if they cannot do wrong or they can't be normal. I mean, they're human. They have a calling upon their life, but they're human, right? Just like any, any one of us. And so I think that mindset needs to change if if we can do I, and I don't know if it ever will honestly I, I really yeah. <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> I don't think it's gonna ever change at all yeah I think it's just an a, an expectation of society that you know if you speak if you say a certain thing or if you talk about a certain thing then you have to walk that path like to the T right and and I just you know it's it's unfortunate but 
it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for answering that. I'm glad yeah. you answered that because I had the same question in my head. But uh, <laughs> before you mentioned that, of course, like we all know this, that you grew up in Ghana and then you came here maybe like yeah. 10. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So and then you grew up, you know, we all know where, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I got a little excited. <laughs> But anyways, I wanted to ask, what are your thoughts on your faith and your parents' faith, especially when you grew up here, you weren't really in their household physically. Mm. So what are your thoughts on your faith versus your parents' faith? Yeah, so I think so. My faith, I think, has evolved over the years, right? And I think you all can attest to, like, you. we grew up in church, and so there were certain things that were just, like, yeah. you know, it's a norm. Like, it was our foundation mm-hmm. we knew. Um, but what I will say is that I think, and I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily my parents' faith or just kind of the faith that we— yeah, in general, is that because of the cultural component that is part of our, you know, our our world, right, and and our churches and the African churches and so forth, there is something very different from yeah. that compared to like the other. So I mentioned earlier, like when I went to college, I was in a different like environment. So yeah. up till eighteen, like my whole mindset is like, okay that you know the Ghana way of like doing church right whatever yeah. that looks like yeah you know, like every Friday you in church every Saturday you're at <laughs> church like if you're not praying out loud and casting and binding like you you know there's a there's a problem like you know what I'm saying like yeah just, talked <laughs> about that yeah sorry <laughs> it's just that's the way that things are and then I went to um an, an, an American church in a sense in in Virginia where my sister is and it was like a completely different different world and, right world yeah so like you see and and that's what I'm saying like culture I think plays a huge part in in that so when I look at my faith today and I look at my parents faith I think that the the cultural aspect for me um has dwindled a little bit because I I I, although I think there there has to be a good balance I think that the the way that we do life you know it culturally is very Mm -hmm. important or the way we do church is very important but there's an aspect of of God's love and the importance of knowing our identities in him that I think sometimes is missing, right? If, if people are so driven by like the fear, right. Of, of not serving God or the fear of, you know, what their witches and wizards back home are going to do or whatever the case is. But I think that what I, what I learned kind of in, in the college years was the importance of really understanding why am I doing this? Is it because I grew up in it or is it because mm-hmm. I'm truly having a personal relationship with Jesus yeah. Christ and actually, you know, so I, I, I think the difference to answer the question is I think the cultural component for me is, yeah. is, is very much, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gone. It's gone I think some of the away. people, some of the people we've spoken with have basically almost said the same thing. Really? Where okay. It's yeah. like, especially those that have gone to American churches and mm-hmm. they know mm-hmm. that there's a difference. And also yeah. they all, always say the same thing like when they go away from home why am I worshiping Christ it's like is it something that is because I grew up in it or is it because I have a personal relationship and you know and I think that's when the foundation comes in and you kind of like God kind of guides you through that so I wanted to know since you are from Texas um or you live from in Texas uh do you still do we have a house of faith in Texas that's number one no 
Nope, okay. not that I know of. No, nope. uh-uh. I didn't think so. Trust me, if anybody would know, we have House of Faith in Texas. Don't you think the founder of House of Faith daughters would know? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, I look. She's living her own life. She doesn't do all of that stuff. We don't pay attention to that. I was going to ask if you go to the House of Faith if there's a House of Faith in Texas. Ooh. If you go to the House of Faith in Texas, would I go? Well, um, more like if you go, but now it's maybe. Oh, okay. Would you go? I don't know. Would I go? If you want to answer that question, go ahead. If you don't want to, that's okay too. Ooh, ooh, Dorcas. All right. (laughs) So (laughs) let me say this. I think that there's a lot to, um, there's a lot to learn and to grow from. So I would be very willing to like be a part of, of the church and to, you know, I, I don't think like we learn what we learn just to, you know, keep it to ourselves. Right. Yeah. So I think there's, there's power and growth and, and um, be, we're not catering just to our people, right. And to our culture. So we need to be able to present a church that is um, welcoming and inviting to all walks of life. And I would be very willing to like, you know, yeah. to, to, yeah. to be thing, a part of that. I think mm-hmm. when it comes to that question, because God calls you where ever where your home church, you know, where you got to go. Yeah. So I feel like if the Lord said, go someplace else. Yeah. Wait, you know, you might as well yeah. just Yeah. Go, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. So obey God. Don't be like Noah. Not Noah. Jonah. Don't be like Jonah. Yeah. Don't be like, like Jonah. Sure. But I have a for question sure. for you. Now, this might be yeah. putting you on a spot a little. Right. Okay. But I'm going to preface it with this. Right. There's something mm-hmm. that my dad, our dad, uh, mm-hmm. talked about and he told me this that there's a difference between doctrine and tradition mm-hmm. right? yeah in the church right. there's traditions and there's doctrine and a lot mm-hmm. of times sometimes we can get those two confused yeah right mm-hmm. you know yeah. in house of faith we have our offering at the end of church right mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. tradition mm-hmm. that yeah. is not doctrine yeah right yeah. um but sometimes we get those confused so with that in mind, yeah, you know, traditional wise, not doctrine, traditional wise, which one do you prefer, American churches or Ghanaian churches or African churches? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my goodness, put her on the spot already. No, that's I. I will gladly answer that. I I think American, but I will add. So like in Texas, like I go to um, like an American church in a sense, but like every now and then, like I'll go to, they have like a Pentecost there and just for like the praises and the worship. So there are certain components that I always like miss and they're just Mm -hmm. a part of who I am. So yes, I would prefer American, but like I would go from time to time and even like prayer meetings and things like that, I think I would, you know, continue yeah. to be a part of. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, and I think that makes perfect sense. Right. Because yeah. like I go to quote unquote American church. Our church is yeah. super, super multicultural right here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But they do have the called healing days okay. where, you know, it's, it's, almost like African style, like, you know, speaking mm-hmm. in tongues, like, you know, like you yeah. said, casting and binding and uh, throwing <laughs> in the middle of the sea, you know, that type of... Yeah. Through the know. middle of the sea. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to cast them and bind them and throw, you know, yeah. just throw them away. Yeah, you got to throw them very far, you know. You know, yeah. one, one of my favorite words I used to, you know, I'm not used to, I guess I still do, you know, I cast you into the bottomless pit, you know, like, you know, <laughs> 
you know, you keep yeah. falling, you know, you never, get, you, know, you, never, you never get to the bottom of it. And so, yeah. so, so I think, I think that's always good, right? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's good to, to realize what is good with your spirit, right? Yeah. What, you know, yeah. the Bible says, test our spirit and, you know, mm-hmm. and decide, discern which one, which one is better for you. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to say, I prefer this a little bit. And that's not saying anything bad yeah. or disrespectful about right. Africa. Now, let me, there are days, you know, I'll tune into YouTube so I can, I can get House of Faith, you know, African style type of worship. You know, I do that, you know, and yeah. for me, living so far away from home, having kids that I want them to have a connection with my, with my, Right. With my traditions, it's important for me right. to do that. So it's always good. That's true. Mm-hmm. You said something about identity forming. I kind of want to go back to that whole your parents' faith and your own faith, and, and kind of mm. kind of hit a little bit. Um, when did you begin to realize that you were you were kind of forming your own identity and when did you begin to realize that that identity might not look like Manuela's might you know mm-hmm. might not look like Poppy's or, or mommy's right um yeah. at what point did you realize that and what was that journey like for you when when you begin to realize that okay wow or, or maybe maybe your identity is the same but mm-hmm. when did you when is when when did you realize that when did you go through that yeah so i i think that began happening for me in college certainly so um i actually i walked through like when i was in virginia i walked through um like an internship program where um, the focus was like identity and god and who god is to us and i think like that particular internship was very was part of that shaping for me because at that point I had to think through a lot of things so you know we we have the idea that let's say um and we mentioned this a little bit when we were starting but like let's say you know somebody that is like tatted up like has all these piercings whatever like they can't be you know um they they can't be christian or they can't have a faith a true personal relationship with Mm -hmm. christ but i met and walked so many people met so many people who were literally have a deeper encounter and relationship with Jesus Christ that anybody I'd ever met, right, mm-hmm. in my entire life. And I'm like, and these people are, you know, like, whatever, any and everything, right? Not yeah. necessarily, but, I'll, you know, so I think that's when I started to think, you know, the what I've thought about what the picture of a Christian should look like is very skewed and it's very one way and it's very dependent on, you know, um, what I've, I feel like I've been brought up around, you know, growing up. And that's the moment where I decided, you know what, I think, um, at the end of the day, God speaks to us individually and he touches our heart, you know, on multiple different things. And I can't, place my judgment I shouldn't either way but I can't place my judgments or or the things that I would or wouldn't do on someone else and make um, an opinion of whether they you know know Christ or not right yeah. and so that that was probably the the 
most important part. And then after that, um, after I left college, like I was with Manuela while I was in college. And so after I was done with college, I moved. That's when I went to Dallas. Well, I went to St. Louis before for a little while and then I went to Dallas. And I think that was where (laughs) things really started to kick in (laughs) because like when you're growing up, you have, you know, you don't have a choice, right? Like your parents are going to church. So you're going to have to go. Like when I went to Virginia, Manuela, you know, she's a pastor. pastor, Yeah. Yeah. You got to go to church. (laughs) You know, like it's not like forced or anything, but it's like, it's part of it. Right. And you're serving and so forth. But then when you're by yourself and you have to make a conscious decision every Sunday morning, I'm going to get up. Yep. Out of bed (laughs) and go, you know, yeah. And then, I, so I will say this, like one of the things that I really regret doing when I first moved to Dallas is I, I completely stopped serving in church. Like, and I, it wasn't intentional per se. I think that I just, I, I don't know. Like, I just felt like I was like, all right, I want to just receive and take in as Mm -hmm. much as possible because I feel like I've lived an entire life of giving or, you know, yeah. And so forth. So I just wanted to, and I don't, when I think about it, I think it brought into perspective. It made me to really sit down and be honest with myself to say, so why, like, if you weren't serving, would you still be going to church? Mm-hmm. Would you still be engaging in, yeah. you know, the word of God and so forth? And it was real. Like, I, I just, one day I was like, wow, like, God, I am like, you, you're here. And I went like all the way. Like, yeah, you had, had a come to Jesus <laughs> moment. <laughs> I need to come all the way back, you know, and it's still a work in progress. I think mm. every day still is. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. I think awesome. like the Good life job. of a Christian is, it's like that even, not even as a yeah. kid, but as a Christian in general. Yeah. Like things like that happen. Like when I went to mm-hmm. school, I didn't find a church mm-hmm. for a while. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I became cool like the first week or first two weeks. I became mm-hmm. cool with this girl who she was like, yeah, she was Protestant. So I'm like, you know what? Okay. okay. And then she said, yeah. and, you know, we were trying to find a church because she also goes to church every Sunday. So yeah. she was like, oh, she found a church. We can go. So we walk. I get to the church and it's a Lutheran church. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh. I'm like, you know what? Let's not judge. Let's not judge. Let's not judge. Right. So I right. go in and then everything, the process was like a Catholic church. The, yeah. And I would, I literally sitting there, I'm speaking in tongues. I'm like, my spirit don't feel right. And then I got up and left and I called home like, can you have a career to come get me? Like, I was bawling. But, um, but the thing is, one thing I didn't miss in college was serving in church. That's, I'm not gonna, that's one of the things, even though I did find a church, but yeah. like you said, I didn't really serve in that church. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I did miss serving in church. And I just wanted to ask, um, have you ever faced any kind of like pressure to serve mm-hmm. in the church? Like any expectations? Like you have to, because, you know, daddy's a pastor, you mm-hmm. know, mom's mm-hmm. a pastor, also a singer, you know, mm-hmm. a songstress, your, you know, your brothers play music, your sister sings, and it's like, okay, she has to do it now. You know, by the way, and your sister's a pastor too. 
Yeah, your right. sister passed it too. And right. you, know, you guys, everybody listening, she can also sing, you know, so let's <laughs> let's go. So like, did you feel yeah. any expectations that, oh, I have to do this? Or was it something that you willingly did? Mm. So, <laughs> like, I don't even know if I can make a... <laughs> A, a distinction because <laughs> it was like there's an expectation it but you also just, wanted yeah. to yeah well yeah so I think when I was younger like yep I definitely wanted to because it was a part of and like you know like when you're like let's say Saturdays typically are rehearsals that's when you go and you your mm. friends are there you all yeah. get together so it was nice to serve because you're serving with all these other, other people, people. Yeah. but I think the expectation and pressure definitely was there because when someone met me the first question, like once they knew, like if they knew who my parents were, they knew my sister, whatever, the next question would be, oh, like then you you sing too? Like the, it was literally this the next thing. You and me both. <laughs> so, and it's like Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like it's expected. So if I yeah. said no, then like it'd be like, oh, okay, well then what do you do, right? I know. <laughs> it's like they look at you with judgmental eyes, like, oh, she don't right. do nothing in church. She don't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I think the pressure is definitely there. The pressure yeah. um is always there. But one thing I will say though is that I think that um there was always a part of me that felt like would much rather run from that than not. And so I do think that in a very like interesting God, like, haha, that's hilarious way. He would, um, he would cause people to ask those questions so that you now think intuitively, like, man, like, okay, I guess I can't like, <laughs> I I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to lie now. <laughs> I know. You know like, it's, like, it's like, you try not to do it. And then the Lord is like, go ask. And then he's like, oh, exactly. Well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because wow. he has placed those talents, right. And giftings, if I'm being honest, and I'm very like, I'm, I'm very much a culprit of this because even as I'm saying this, I feel very convicted by it because like mm. I, you, you, God has placed these giftings in your life and you're deliberately like choosing oh, not to exercise and use oh, them. So convicting my, my girl. <laughs> wow. This, this idea of service and this idea of, you know, my dad wrote a book because my you know, my service, my elevation, right? And mm. and all he was talking about is how in service, in mm-hmm. serving others, God used that to elevate, right? God, yeah. you know, God can use the least of these, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's you know right. to to to, that's to raise right. up, and and it's extremely important uh, mm-hmm. for for us as pastors, kids, you know, no matter how old you are. Right. No matter how old you are, it's it's really important that you realize that this idea of service in a church, serving in a church. I was I was seven years old when I was playing the Marrakesh, you know. Uh, you got you guys are too young. You know, that little ball thing, like you know, yeah, you play it. with the bees or yeah. whatever. Um I was seven years old and I would hit it and then I got a tambourine, you know. You know, got yeah. a tumble, you know, so and then I kind of worked my way out to playing the drums, you know, mm-hmm. and I wasn't the, mm-hmm. I wasn't the um, the drama for the church. But mm-hmm. you know, I would sit behind the, the guy who played it and, and learn. And mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, and then, I, you know, in, in the crop, I was I was part of, you know, tearing down, you know, 
trying mm-hmm. to, you know, you know, I learned how to do this really quick. You know what that is? <laughs> With wire? Yeah, wire? you got to get the wire, you know. Um, but all, oh that, all oh. that to say that, again, like you said, the answer is a little bit of both because my, my mm-hmm. dad never said, you have to go, go mm-hmm. do that or go do yeah. that. Right. It mm-hmm. was just like, I saw my dad do it. Right. And then mm-hmm. I saw the people around me do it. Mm-hmm. And so you felt the pressure, which is, I guess, yeah. is internal pressure. Right. If, you, if you really think right. about it. Right. It's a more true. of like a, it's an internal locus. Right. That yep. to say, all right, everybody else is doing it. If I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I gotta say, I felt a little pressure from my big brother when I was little. Here's a story. Here's a tea. Ooh. When we were little in Kumase, right? Uh-huh. And the thing is, I used to sing holding, you know, like the, the iron thing that we used to heat up water. It was a coil that the end. Uh-huh, uh-huh, it's, uh-huh. it's called a heater, but yeah. It's called a heater. I used yeah. to use it, like, you know, yeah. to sing, you know, it used to sing in the mirror. <laughs> so we go to Sunday school and, you know, I think we used mm-hmm. to have like that, like praise and worship praise set in the beginning, right? Before we disperse. Mm-hmm. And they asked somebody to bring us a song. And mm-hmm. who goes open your mouth and say, oh, Dorcas can sing. My brother. And I'm sitting there like... I don't, I don't remember that, but okay. Definitely. And I stood up, and I remember the song that I sang, too. It was a cheese song. And then after uh-huh. that, mommy and daddy found out. They were like, oh, she can sing. Next oh. week, that's where I went. Rehearsal. Choir. <laughs> Choir rehearsal. I was going to juveniles, and there, and yep. there it started. And then yeah. when I came to this country, I didn't sing for a while. Like, I wasn't doing a, any of that until one day, me and myself, I don't know why I went and did this. I was like, Daddy, I want to sing in church for, you know, Christmas. And then he's like, oh, and then he goes, oh, what song? And I'm like, Silent Night. And uh-huh. he's like, bet, let's go. So he gets me on the keyboard and we rehearse at home. And when I tell you the the fear that was running through my body, oh. that, <laughs> I was physically shaking. But, you know, our parents are proud when we serve in church. Like, they get happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. even though they never forced me, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that I came forward and then mm-hmm. you know, they were like, oh, full range, let's go. Like, right, right. And the yeah. mommy's sitting yeah. there like, you know, with the <laughs> and then she was so proud. And then afterwards, I was so like, never proud. again, never again. And look at where I am now. You thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> you thought. Well, hey, Nana, so here's my mm-hmm. question to you. So can you sing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We just you talked know, about it. The Lord has, but you didn't yeah. really say what the talent yeah. is. Wow. You didn't really give the answer. You kind of tiptoed around it. Yeah, yeah. So All right. I, 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 Ooh, I know, I know what the next okay. question is about to be. So, <laughs> so if he, are you serving a car in church? I'm not. So if, you do, this, if, this. If, if you do, if you did go back to serving, <laughs> if you did go back to serving in a church, uh-huh. if, Mm. knowing that you're not obligated to, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you did go back to the church, because like you said, God has given you this gift. Now, I'm not saying singing is your only gift. Yeah. Right? You have other mm-hmm. gifts, you have other talents, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Would you use, will you be open to use your voice in, 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 in service to your current church? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And does the current church know you sing? 
Um, they do now. I yep. mean- <laughs> My first question, is it a, like a really big, like mega church? Yeah. So in Dallas, I go to the Potter's House, not the main one. There's like another one. Um, the it's called one. the Potter's House, North Dallas. Yeah. Okay. So that's the one. So they um, don't know, but now they to. know. I mean, they this- don't. And, you know, I will like Potter's yeah. House in Texas. Um, Yikes. Yikes. You know, thing, <laughs> anointed voice. You know, she's been groomed Dirk and trained. Do OK, do I'm just, I'm just don't putting do it out there. Just putting it out there. Uh-huh. All right. Well, so, 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 I, I, okay, so let, let's fast forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, like you said, singing is on your only gift. You work mm-hmm. as a financial advisor, right? Your job yeah. is, to, is, to, is to advise people to yeah. be financially free and, and, and financially stable. Um, yeah. So walk me through how you came to that career path mm-hmm. and uh yeah how you came to the career path and 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 yeah yeah so um when I was in college I did like finance so I I studied finance and then I worked at a bank like while I was in college and so I started to see um other like financial advisors come in and out of the bank and stuff and it never really like it wasn't something that I was like interested in. I knew I wanted to be in the financial field. I didn't know exactly what, but um, my sister's um, really good friend in Virginia, she had started with um, um, Edward Jones Mm -hmm. at the time. And, um, you know, her and I, we're all really close. Obviously, I knew her through my sister and so forth. And so she's always been like just a mentor and just like a really, you know, um, wonderful, just um, powerful woman of God in my life. And so she mentioned to me, she said, hey, you know, have you thought about go becoming a financial advisor, um, the firm has a a training program that they, you know, do for kind of recent graduates so that you're not just, you know, being thrown like to the wolves. And so I was like, all right, you know, like I'll, I think about it, I'll check it out. And so, um, I, that's how I kind of got into it. Literally, like it was through her, um, you know, the applications got through and then did the training program in St. Louis for like six months and then went to Dallas um, from there. So, um, I, I feel like it just kind of unfolded and, you know, fell in my lap. It's not something that I, I knew I was going to do. Like I thought I wanted to be a pharmacist when I was growing up. And then, you know, after a couple of chemistry yeah. classes, You're like, no, like, yep, that's not for me. Not my <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not, it's not. So anyway, it just, and I, I appreciate, I think that, um, I didn't really know anything about investing or, you know, that world, Uh growing up because I just, I mean, I didn't know. It's not really a thing, you know, that we talk about. It's not really even taught in schools or nothing like that. Right. But I just started to, to develop an appreciation for it and and liked it. And so what better way to do that, to do what I love and also to, to help others, you know, Uh along with that. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, I you know, when I find out that that's, that's your, that's your field because I, yeah. I saw your graduation photos and I work in academics mm. so I know okay. yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to learn all the colors for the hoods and I saw brown oh, I was yeah. like because um, uh-huh. the, the brown color is for business people right, um, right, right. oh congratulations yeah. on I think your master's 
Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So here's the thing. As Christians, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to the church, right? We're gonna bring it mm-hmm. to the Bible. All yeah. Right? We mm-hmm. how do you see your field in finance Mm -hmm. and how do you see that connecting to what our calling as christians Mm. is so kind of like let's say if i come to you as a christian you know and i you know i don't know if you do asset management or anything like that yeah you know so i come to you as a christian and i say i'm a christian what would be some of the advice you want to give me as a christian to be financially stable Yeah. So um, (laughs) first and foremost, I think the Bible is such like it, it talks so much about financial management and I don't know why I never really saw that or like Mm -hmm. thought through that until like, you know, I realized certain things like, you know, just different things about being a good steward and even like the parables, right. About Mm -hmm. like the person that went and like hid their, you know, and the ones that, you know, multiply those are all very much part of it. So um, the first thing I would say is like, we, I feel like, at least in our culture, I don't know if it's everywhere else or, you know, but in our culture, there's a very sad, like poverty mindset, right? Or the the Mm -hmm. idea that you can't or shouldn't be like striving to have more in in abundance because you're a Christian or whatever, Mm -hmm. but that's not what the Bible teaches Mm -hmm. in any way whatsoever. We we need to multiply in order to help and advance the kingdom of God, right? So in order to do that, I mean, you need to have the right things in place. Exactly. You need the money. money. So um, I think the very most important, the the very first thing I would say is obviously it's important to really um, understand what you have going in and coming out at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, you know, that that's number one. Number two, I think anything else that you have, make sure that you're doing more with it, that you're able to multiply it. Don't sit on things. Don't uh, hold on to it. Don't just, you know, hoard. Don't put in your checking account. Yeah. <laughs> or savings account, you know. <laughs> take so what like you invest have and try or do to something. Multiply it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are so many people out there, so many advisors there with the job. If Even if you don't know where to start, there's someone who can walk you in the right direction. It's not difficult. It really isn't at all. It's very very simple process so it's just yeah. a matter of you know finding the right people to walk you through that I That's really awesome. think that some people they think that riches is just about money but mm. like mm. you know would you rather have riches or would you rather have wealth you know yeah. like would you, would you rather have like generational wealth where exactly. you know you can pass mm. it on down to your kids like assets you know right. bonds right. like things like that it's not just about right money and I think like you're definitely right where in our like African community we mm-hmm. think that it's just about having like just money yeah yeah Whereas, sometimes you can have real estate you know you can have exactly. certain things where 10 years mm-hmm. down the line they yep. might you know cost a lot and you know that's but I'm glad right. for that advice I should have written it down but you know that's that's <laughs> but I want to ask one question one fun question yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, calling and everything in service. Now, mm-hmm. you said in the beginning that being a pastor is not for you. You're like, no, yeah. like miss mm-hmm. like miss it with that calling. But um, <laughs> do you think that preachers kids make great pastors? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely do because I think we know the do's and don'ts. Like we know, well, we know what we don't want to mirror and we know like, you know, yeah. what we want, like the kind of person yeah. that we want, the kind of pastor that we want to be. So I think the, the beautiful thing about it is we have had great men and women before us who have set a, like just a remarkable example for us. And yeah. so we have that to go off of. And then on top of it, we have the ability to learn from their mistakes or learn mm-hmm. from certain things that they've walked through and do better with it. So absolutely. I think yeah. so. I do. I think, but, you know, make sure you're called preacher's kiss out there who's thinking, Maybe your calling is to be a pastor. Make sure it's yeah. your calling because if it's not your yes. calling, you might crash and burn, That's you know, right. because this job is not easy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, lo- like yeah. Nike said in the first episode, that it's a very lonely, you know, profession. Yeah. There's like mm-hmm. few people that you can really trust because, mm-hmm. you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's right. listening, think, you know, you think you have to call, make sure, <laughs> make sure it's from God, yeah. okay, and not that's from your mind. Right. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's I, really cool. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I I would even add a little bit to that, that um, even if you feel like this is a call, like I think it's important to understand whether it's like a horizontal thing or it's something that, you know, you're seeing around you. So like mm-hmm. you said, make sure you're hearing from God, but not just that, like God, it, when he tells you to do something, it doesn't mean it's happening, you know, right away. next year or two, yeah. whatever. It takes preparation to get there. And that preparation involves, you know, mm-hmm. understanding, you know, just, just the difficulties of it all. And, and yeah. all of that. So yeah. yeah. Mentorship and all that stuff. Absolutely. Well, no, no, I want to, um, we, 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 we kind of about to wind down here, but yeah. Um, there are, our goal when we when we decided we decided to do this mm-hmm. podcast, our goal was to reach uh, most of the PKs, but really anyone that want to listen to this. Mm-hmm. So there are PKs who are listening to this. Mm-hmm. Some some PKs who are not PKs and their parents accepted God's calling, so they were they were not born into it. So really young in yeah. their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice do you have out there for, you know, PKs or, or just any anybody out there who may be going through a life right now where they feel like whatever they're going through, whether it's precious from their church members, precious from their family, mm-hmm. precious anywhere, or they feel like they have to be something. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for them? So... I think that one of the things that I would I would say is that the way that you allow those things to affect you has an um, a huge impact on the person that you become later on in life, right? Mm-hmm. And when I look back today, like my ability to like turn on and off, like with certain people or in certain situations and stuff, it's because of how I was able to do that, you know, as a pastor's kid growing up, but it has an effect on you that is not always positive, right? So what I would say is, even in that, even feeling the pressure, right? And even feeling all of those things of of being a pastor's kid, just make sure that your mental space is taken care of at all times. Make sure that not just that, but like, 
what you're communicating with God, that you're communicating those concerns to him because he knows that they're there, but it's important that you voice those things out and you find people who maybe are walking in the same journey or same path as you that you can, you know, talk to, right? It's so important. It's so like you mentioned before, it's such a lonely like profession or a lonely place to be, right? Yeah. But it's important that you have people that you can talk through things with because that's what helps us mentally, right? Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And so I would I would say that for sure. And then number two, oh, I think one of the things I would say is that it's, it's okay. Like it's really going to be okay. Like I just, it's not that serious. It's really not. It seems crazy right now, but trust me, like you're going to grow up and it's not even going to matter anymore. Y'all like, I just, everything that I felt so like heavy about when I was younger, like now, like it's, (laughs) it's, somebody would say it's my back case like I don't really you know like it's just (laughs) yeah true it is what it is you know like what's important is your relationship with Jesus Christ don't let anybody else dictate that whatsoever at all so wow you know this this is amazing because I think you are the the third or fourth person Mm -hmm. that I've kind of talked about this idea of mental health, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the second episode we had, my, my sister-in-law, uh, Daniel's, okay. um, Daniel's wife, um, mm-hmm. kind of spoke about that. And, and right. we have, we've had other people kind of talk <laughs> the importance of making mm-hmm. sure that, you know, that the mental space, you know, that, yeah. That is taken care of, yeah. you know, because so that is true. Because yeah. it's it's extremely it's it's a, and especially for us as Africans, and I, and I would name mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. us as Africans, we generally speaking, yeah, we kind of don't like to talk about our problems yeah. with other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we don't. Something that has we to don't. be normalized in our community because. Yeah. It, yeah. it takes a toll on a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you think a person, it's like in their room, they don't want to socialize and they think, mm-hmm. oh, that's just how they are. And they talk they bad know, about yeah. them. But in actuality, they're facing something where oh, they gosh. have to talk about, you know, and, right. and I thank God for our families, like our families, because they can't allow mm-hmm. us to talk kind of get right. it off our chest you know I'll right. cry to daddy all the time and, and afterwards I feel better you know yeah. but uh-huh. there are times that he will lay down the law like <laughs> but like you're so yeah. right and we do have to yeah. take care of our mental state absolutely wow hey I I I thank you so much for um, guys. for giving us your time, yeah. Um, I, I normally, we we normally end with a Bible verse, and 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 okay. and, and not and not to not to preach anyone. But today, you know, um, Philippians four sixty seven, and mm-hmm. I think it's very apropos. He said, "Do not be anxious about mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. but right. in every situation, by prayer and." Yes, and thanksgiving yeah. present your request to God right That's and the right. peace of God and this is the last part then the peace of God because sometimes mm. we forget that this verse 7 yeah. right mm-hmm. do not be anxious <laughs> and, right. but it said and the peace of God which transcends yeah all understanding mm-hmm. will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus and this right. for me that is 
this me the mental health bible verse for me yeah. mm-hmm. right oh, me too. Know, do mm-hmm. not be anxious anxiety yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. anxiety um it, it's it's something that um yeah it, it's yeah something that that's killing um mm-hmm. our mental state in the church you know right. and and, right. and this is god saying don't be anxious for anything so if you're listening mm-hmm. to this um podcast right now and yeah. you know your heart is heavy especially for a pastor's kid and you just don't see any way out you don't feel like anyone understands you i want you to know we understand you and we see you and we hear you and we want to encourage you that god is telling you do not be anxious for anything but in every situation not some situations not in good times but in every situation make your request known to god through prayer mm-hmm. and if you do that the peace of god you know and not just any peace you said the peace that yeah. transcends all understanding mm-hmm. will guide your heart and your mind so that's our that's our bible verse for today um if you listen to this right now too and and you do not have that relationship with god this this relationship we're talking about if you don't feel like you are one with god there's always time the bible say in john 3 16 that he loved you and he came to this world for you and if you believe in him you will not perish and you will have good life so i want to say a really short prayer with you right now if you just feel like you want this relationship with jesus christ you want this oneness with god just say a quick prayer say dear jesus i thank you for dying on the cross for my sin i pray and i accept you into my life today i believe you lord and savior and i confess all my sins come into my life walk with me help me be a better person help me walk in the light in jesus name amen now that now that is a short prayer that is a very short prayer and 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 becoming a christian is not i said a prayer and a and a, a light was was turned on and boom i'm good it, take, it takes practice it takes yeah. practice and it takes practice 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 yes. so here's my advice to you if you listen to this and you do not have a bible believing community a church um i want you to find a church close to you wherever you live find a church close to you and join the bible believing the bible says do not forsake the gathering of the brethren there's a, there is a big importance in that um if you ever find yourself in the north brunswick area um there is a church called house of faith ministries it's on 900 edwin street um pastor herbert and all the other pastors will will welcome you and make you feel at home. Um, you can follow us on um, on YouTube. If you want to do YouTube service too, is youtube.com slash H-O-F-M-N-J, H-O-F-M-N-J. 
Um, if you ever find yourself in San Diego area and looking for a Bible-believing church, there are so many churches, but you can join our church. It's called All People's Church San Diego. Beautiful church, multicultural church, um, doing amazing things for the kingdom. Join us on 5555 University Avenue. You can also join us on YouTube at All People's San Diego, All People's Church San Diego. Uh, Nana, can you tell us if anybody find themselves in North Dallas? Is it, is it North Dallas? Yeah, it is North Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What what it's church so what sexy. church can they come to you? So it's the Potter's House, North Dallas. Um, Pastor Cheryl Brady, and yeah, we love awesome. to have you. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Uh, we love you. Um, wherever you are and remember do not give up because God has not given up on you alright we love you and uh, and Nana thank you so much for coming yeah, thank out you. Uh, we appreciate thank you thank you for having me yeah thank you're you. the best and, and hopefully we'll get you we'll have you back on again at a later time yeah yes sure. <laughs> alrighty we love you guys bye love, love piece of chicken grease thank you <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode number 11. A huge thank you to Nana for coming to share her story with us. I know it was very inspirational for me, and I hope it was for you guys too. We thank you all so much for joining us. And as always, we still got more in store for you guys. So join us for episode number 12 as we talk to my big sister, Erica. Now, she likes to say she's shy, but I promise you, she is hilarious. That episode is dropping on April 29th, so make sure you don't miss it. We'd really appreciate it if you guys can like and subscribe to this podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Confessions of PK, and on Facebook, at Confessions of a PK. We love you guys, and as always, love, peace, and chicken grease. Peace.